So, episode two, season two, Rugby League podcast. We're joined this evening by, or this afternoon, wherever you're watching it, by Brixton Bulls community team in London. And it's Dan Roberts that's joined us this afternoon. Dan, how are you? I'm good, thanks. How are you guys? I'm all right. I'm not so I'm bad. Good, thank you. Stopped raining here for a change, so yeah, we're not too bad. Been a grim day down here too. <laughs> grim in London, never. <laughs> How was everything in lockdown, uh, lockdown over there then, uh, Dan? It's all right. It's pretty similar to uh, to the rest of the country, really. Not going <laughs> on. Just no. waiting to get back on the rugby pitch. Yeah, everyone is. Um, yeah, we've seen, obviously, uh, the league for Super League and Championship League ones possibly getting pushed back through the year. So, uh, looks unlikely at the minute when it's actually going to get going, doesn't it? Yeah, well, hopefully, fingers crossed, the season in London normally starts a little bit later than, it, than the professional leagues do. So we normally have about an April start date. So I guess there's still fingers crossed that that might, that might go ahead without too much of a delay. Yeah. So, so Callum, do you have any, any questions that you want to fire away? Just um, from, our, from our end, I mean, we're sort of the complete other end of the country. We're up in, uh, in West Cumbria up here, so it's uh, it's a, a whole world away, really, from the, uh, the hustle and bustle of, of London. What difficulties would you say you've had in London um, promoting the game that maybe we don't up north? I, th- I think it's a, it's a problem that is sort of across the whole country, but the main thing is just how popular the game is. So obviously down here we've got a big barrier, which is rugby union. So a lot of people, when you say oh, I'm playing rugby this weekend, uh, they think oh rugby union. But trying to <laughs> trying to persuade people that you're playing rugby league and getting them to get involved is even harder. Uh, yeah. It's it's funny really because the game's so much simpler, and you would have thought that for a beginner, it's easy. You pick the ball up, you've got six tackles, then you you either score or you kick it away, or it's a turnover. So a lot easier than all the ruck malarkey you've got in rugby union. Um, but, but for some reason it hasn't hasn't seemed to have kicked off but there are there are lots of clubs like us in Brixton that are growing the game and it is slowly growing in London um the London Broncos obviously performed fairly well the last few years nearly nearly got promoted this application um but I think a super league side in London be really good for the game yeah so obviously for some people that have obviously not heard of uh Brixton Bulls would uh, would you be able to like give us an insight of of the club and obviously where where it's based and obviously how many uh, age groups you've got, if you could please, Dan. Yeah, so the club the club was founded back in like 2004. Uh, primary is a, a junior club and a mini club. Um, then it grew through that. So we had a, a main age group that was in 2016, was in their under-18 year. Mm. Uh, and it was in that year that we decided that uh, we'd form a men's team. So these players had somewhere to play after they'd finished. So that's when the club kind of really grew and really took off. Um, so we branched out into the men's game. We started to bring in more minis down the, the lower end. Um, so from there, we've now got an under sevens, under nines, under elevens team, uh, two men's teams. And we're looking, we're looking to develop our junior section. So our kind of under 12 to under 18 age, because that, that's mm. a bit light at the moment. But we're really hoping that we're going to be able to get something together. Yeah. So your, so your team that's based in Lambeth, am I correct? Yeah, yeah. So Lambeth. Lambeth, South, yeah. South, South East London, that kind of area. Yeah. Um so obviously yeah, like going forward as a club, um, like yeah, what what's your plans for the future? Like are you hoping to obviously follow in the footsteps of uh, London Broncos? 
I'm, I'm not sure we're quite we're quite there yet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I guess just just grow the game really. That's that's our objective. Get as many people in the club as possible playing playing the sport. It's always it's always good to kind of help kids that are maybe haven't found a sport that they're into yet. There's a lot of kids that come to us and really haven't really engaged in sport and they find rugby league and it's it's like gives them a new life and you can see the difference it makes not only in in kind of their physical development but in their mental development too. And I'm sure yeah. the parents and the school yeah. teachers would say that the rugby has a good effect on them. So just to continue mm. having a good effect um, on kids, growing the game, more numbers. Uh, from, from a senior point of view, again, it's similar, just to just to get more more blokes and more women playing the game of rugby league in London. I must admit, it does um, it does surprise me in a good in a good way. Um, the the amount of good talented um, Londoners that are out there playing um, rugby at the minute at, at quite a high level. I mean, you look at LMS as a prime example that um, I'm going to say Leeds there, that's with you being on. Um, St. Ellen's, you know, you never takes a backward step or anything. Yeah, exactly. And there's there's tons up there. I think you go into you go into most Super League clubs these days and they've they've either got or have had a, a London product that's made it at the top level. So that that's a credit to the the work that London Broncos do in the Academy there. They've managed to bring through loads of players from the community game and kind of breed them into the players that, that they are and we see on Sky Sports on a Friday night. I think the universities down there do um though as well. They have a lot more um a lot more what's the word? Involvement with the sport. You know, you've got the likes of um Elliot Elliot Hall and that, those sort of players that have, have produced from the university game. Yeah, exactly, exactly that. So I think the university, because I, I actually came for university quite recently playing playing rugby league. So I can speak a lot about that. And you've got you've got a load of players that come into university that sort of have never never thought of playing rugby league, never had the opportunity to. Some of them are sort of failed rugby union players that have tried to make it in the past and thought, oh, I don't think I'm going to make it now. I might try playing rugby league. And then they play the, play the game under the different rules and they realise they thrive in it. And that's when you get the mm. Elliot Hall that, they get picked up and go through the system and and make it in the in the professional game. So, what sort of league structure have you have you got then? That Brixton are playing in your first team. Is it a sort of ten twenty league uh, team league? Uh, no. So there are uh, so there's the way that it's split up in South. So you have got the the main division is the Southern Conference League, which is split mm-hmm. East and West division. So the East is kind of London. And the, the surrounding areas, and the west is kind of going down southwest and south Wales, that kind of area. So, in mm. division, you've got uh, this is really bad for me. I think it's eight teams. Mm-hmm. Um, so mm-hmm. There's a there's a league of eight. Um, everyone plays. Oh, we're not, we're unsure of what the league structure is going to look like this year, but it's a you play everyone home and away, uh, and then top four and bottom four branch off into two different tournaments to kind of find a, a winner. Is there any sort of promotion in and relegation, or is it just a a case of well, you finished bottom this year, unfortunate, you finished top this year, well done. Um, not really. So it's it's not fairly fluid in that people can do what they want because that's not the case. But mm. there's nothing to be promoted to other than League One because te- technically under the structure, it's it's the high, it's the highest amateur level. So. That no, really. nowhere for players to go unless they're going to yeah. break into the professional game. Um, so mm-hmm. Relegation. I guess if a team was doing doing awfully, there there are leagues that they can drop into. There's a, in London. There's a, the London Premier Division, which is the league below. And there's a lot of 
a lot of good teams in there uh, and a few second teams. So our second team competed in there last year. Um, but it, it's, very, it's very fluid. It's all about growing the game, really, um, and putting put the best experience possible. We don't, want, we don't want a team playing in the Southern Conference League that's going to go and get battered every week. But the same respect, we mm. want teams in the London Premier that are going to go and batter everyone else every week. So mm-hmm. it's about finding mm-hmm. the best balance. Well, that's that's um, that's true enough as well. You don't want um, you see it in the championship and in League One that there's, there's certain teams that you know that should probably be not so much in another league, but they should have possibly taken more time to develop before putting an application process in for um, some professional level. But at the same time, you know, if you catch them on a on a good day, that they are going to to challenge and be a a productive side. Just on that, with the the semi-professionals and professional uh, leagues in in London, do you think not so much for Brixton but for clubs as a whole, it would benefit them for a pathway with the Broncos and the Scholars? Um, I've, do you mean it? Would it Brentford? Would it? Would it Brentford? Would it benefit uh, Brixton or would it benefit the game? But both. Um, I think, if I'm honest, I think that pathway's there. Um, I think if you're if you're good enough and you're playing in the amateur game in London, whether that's for Brixton or for anyone else, you you, mm. you will get picked up. Uh, scholars, I think, host a trial every year, an open trial. So any anyone if they back themselves enough can go along there and and get themselves picked if they're good enough. Um, it was the same last year with London and their reserve side, so they hosted trials. Um, again, if you wanted to go to that and you thought you were good enough and you got in, that's your that's your way into the professional game. Um, but yeah, it's very much a case of if you're good enough, you'll get seen, and you will get those opportunities. Um, and I think I think it is good that both both those clubs look into the um, look into the London game to kind of get their new talent, whether that's academy lads or whether that's kind of grown men that are are a bit older. But there there is that pathway, I believe. Mm. Yeah. So for some, uh, obviously, the teams in your league, like. What I'd like to know is what like what teams are in that league. So obviously, I've not had a look to see, yeah, what like what teams are in your league. If you, if you understand what I mean, yeah. So in the uh, in the Southern Conference, you've got um, you've got so the, the London based teams. Are, you've got ourselves, uh, South London Silverbacks, another South London one. Uh, you've got London Chargers, mm-hmm. uh, Hammersmith Hill Hoists, uh, West Warriors, and then you go slightly further afield, and you've got Eastern Rhinos, who are based in Colchester. Uh, Bedford Tigers, so obviously Bedford, um, and then North Hearts Crusaders, kind of Hertfordshire way. I actually seen Bedford, um, was it last year possibly, or the year before last? I think they had a a Challenge Cup matchup against one of our community clubs in Dissington. Yeah, yeah, I think they competed in the Challenge Cup Cup last year. There's a few sides uh, down our way that competed in the Challenge Cup. Um, To be be fair to them as well, they were a handy side as well. Mm, Yeah, yeah, they're, they're a really good side. Um, it was just the fact that Digiton had quite a lot of old ex-White Haven and Workington pros in the squad, so it kind of disbadged the scoreline a bit. Yeah, yeah, I think that's the problem. It's just experience for some of these guys because they don't get those those opportunities to play against kind of the really good teams uh, week in, week out. So playing in the Challenge Cup um, kind of once a year, it'd be great for them and it will help them develop. So hopefully in a few years' time, they'll be in a position where they're starting to really challenge in those games. You've got as well. Um, didn't want to miss them out. You've got Hemel Stags as well that are playing in our in our Southern Conference since they came out the pro game, who are who are a really good challenge. They've still got some reminiscence of their League One side, so they're a 
they're a really good club mm. and they've got a really good junior setup too. Yeah, I must admit that was a, that was a shame to see Emil uh, Emil get um, out of League One. They weren't a bad outfit, to be fair. They always brought a good a good little noisy following with them as well. <laughs> yeah, I would agree on that. <laughs> so uh, yeah, like obviously with the the teams that you've mentioned, is there obviously like obviously Brixton Bulls in there, and uh, is there any any teams that stand out who tend to like win the win the league every se- every season, like one or two, or is it like or is it just like a an open an open race uh, to win the league? Uh, it's fairly open. I say there's a there's probably three or four teams that can win it could win it every year um you've got so in london you've obviously got quite a, a diverse background with people coming over to work so hammersmith hills hoist have quite a strong australian uh quite a strong australian team um and the west warriors are quite a strong kiwi team so uh you always get some very good players that come over here come over here for work and obviously don't want to commit to playing in the professional game or playing in in League One for scholars, so they they play in the amateur game, and that's always a really tough a really tough gig against them. Um, obviously, played a decent level in Australia, um, so they're they're always up there. Uh, London Chargers again, similar. They've got quite a strong Australian contingent, but they they also seem to draw uh, a load of good English talent there too. So they're always up there. I think the the grand final last year was Hammersmith and Chargers, and I think Hammersmith won, but it was a close game if I remember rightly. That's, that's great. Um, so what then as a um, as a men's first team, if you would, uh, how far have you finished up the the table? Uh, we finished, I believe. Uh, we didn't we didn't have a great year last year. Um, we finished probably sixth or seventh, um, and, mm-hmm. and we we had a very poor. So the way the way the league splits, it split into the the top four, which playoffs, and the bottom four or five, which was for the the trophy. Um, we had we had a pretty poor pretty poor run in there, um, so we only I think we only managed one win. Um, then yeah, mm. obviously obviously crashed out of the semi finals of the trophy, so that wasn't too good. But it was it was our first year in the Ooh. competition, and it was good to kind of build on that and kind of establish ourselves at that level. Are we right in thinking you haven't had a, a game since two thousand and eighteen? Uh, so we played in twenty nineteen. All right. 2019, yeah, and um, that was the last mm-hmm. time we played. We were uh, in 2020. We were obviously we started pre-season and all that, and we were meant to have a pre-season friendly against Newham Dockers, who are a team that play in the London Premier. But the mm-hmm. COVID took that about four days before it was meant to happen, which was quite annoying. Um, and we were also this was quite exciting. We were meant to be um, ourselves and London Chargers were meant to be playing in uh, the pilot fixtures in November kind of recover from COVID and kind of prove that the restrictions could be safe. But unfortunately, mm-hmm. the matches we had scheduled again, uh, COVID took that about four days before it was meant to happen. So uh, we were very close to two games in 2020, but they didn't happen, unfortunately. Do you ever get you... any sort of um, matches, you know, down at London um, Broncos or Scholars as like curtain raises, or is, it, is that nothing, something they don't do in London? Um, there, ourselves we haven't, but I know that other clubs have. Um, I think it's I think the uh, scholars and Broncos are very open to it, um, and I think if we were to approach them, they they'd support that, and I think it would help get more more faces through the door for them. Um, it's just it's just convenience really for London. Um, it's it's hard enough to try and get a, a men's side out in London anyway, but if you 
end up dragging them away from the normal home ground, then it makes it even harder if people have got commitments. So for kind of availability, we tend to stick to our, our home ground or obviously the away ground wherever we're going. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so just just to clarify, is your like is your season going ahead? Obviously, can't really say with what's going on at the moment, but uh, do you see yourself playing any games this year? That's the plan. We, yeah. we hope so. Um, uh, yeah, we, we hope that this year is kind of going to be as normal as possible. Um, we're still aiming to fulfil two teams. Um, so we, and we can't, we can't really say anything more than that because we don't know. But at the moment, we're planning, yeah. for, we're planning for whatever we can get. And that's, that, that's hopefully a season. Yeah. Um, obviously, what, what I want to bring up at the moment is obviously you've got the Rugby League World Cup um, and from what I've seen, uh, London's got obviously a few games of the wheelchair rugby and also they've got a men's semi-final, which is going to be at the Emirates Stadium, uh, home of Arsenal Football Club. Um, so, yeah, what I want to know is, like, from your point of view, um, well, obviously from my point of view, I think for the sport itself, having a few games in London, it's, it's, it's great for the sport, it's great for growth. Um, and it's it's great for the kids actually to know the sport down there. So, what's your point of view on that? Yeah, I, I think it's great um, for for anyone. I think the link with Arsenal is really good. Um, I know from my, from my work, I've got a, a mate that's an Arsenal fan, and and he said, "Oh, the Rugby League World Cup's coming to the Emirates. Oh, I might I might get a ticket." And he's never expressed any interest in rugby at all before. But the fact that they were playing at his home ground made made him interested. So, I think it's great for. For inspiring a new audience, I think for the for the kids as well, it's really good because we've obviously got the Broncos and the Scholars, which are great to go and watch on a Saturday or Sunday. But when you can say to the I don't know a little nine year old Johnny, "Oh, we're going to go and see England play in a World Cup semi final this week," it's it's a bit more inspirational, isn't it? A big stadium, mm. um, and again the the wheelchair rugby's rugby's great. I love wheelchair rugby league; it's it's brilliant. Um, you just see the kind of the collisions and that. Even when you play the full yeah. game, it's, it's brutal. So, um, I think that's a really something I've never actually seen, to be honest. <laughs> I think our closest yeah. wheelchair rugby league team is probably Rochdale. Rochdale, yeah. Do you, does any of you see uh, England getting there to the semi final for the final, or do you have any I think teams? I think it'll depend on how the Super League season and the NRL seasons run in in Australia as to who gets where. Yeah. To be honest, I think there's a lot of... Having said that, there's a lot of good um, minor, if you would call them minor teams, the likes of Ireland, mm. Scotland, and they'll they'll be there or thereabouts. They'll throw a few surprises. Then, obviously, then you've got the likes of your PNG and um, Fiji and them sort of teams. Yeah, there. We're definitely, yeah, obviously, definitely hoping for a, an England win. Obviously, it'd be nice to see, obviously, England winning the World Cup, uh, obviously, with us hosting it, wouldn't it? Well, it wouldn't be um, great if you were, uh, <laughs> you know, host, hosting a final between New Zealand and Australia at Old Trafford, no, would it really? No. <laughs> yeah, by all means, at the Suncorp, but, you know, leave Old Trafford to the English, please. <laughs> Yeah, let's see. Do you have anything else, uh, Callum? Um, just where where would you sort of like to see the club in the next sort of five to ten years? Then, Dan. Um, I think I think for us, it's all about 
I think it's about getting the juniors in the door, really. Um, it's about getting the kids through. And, and the stronger your youth and junior section is, the stronger your men's section is. So if you mm-hmm. see a lot of, I'm sure there's loads of clubs out there that have got really strong junior sections, but don't really have a strong men's section at the moment. So I think for We them, have that a lot up here, to be honest. So I think for them, if they can keep engaging their junior players in five, ten years' time, they're going to have a men's mm-hmm. side and they're going to be a good men's side. So that's a similar a similar ambition for us is get those players in sort of whether that's at kind of age 12 and kind of bring them through juniors or whether that's when they're six or seven and they're toddling about. Um, if we can keep them in the club and keep them in the game, there's more of a chance that they're going to they're gonna play when they're older, which means a stronger men's side for us, a stronger men's game in London as a whole um, and just wins overall. Hmm. It totally loses yeah, out, do they, on that, on, uh, in that sense? Exactly. Yeah, I've got a question from uh, one of our admins, and it's, would you like to uh, play some Northern teams, hopefully, in the future? Uh, yeah, I think the answer is yes. I think they're always, they're always <laughs> a good test. Um, I know myself through, through university and stuff, we've played, played other Northern teams, and it's, 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 a, it's a step up, I think, sometimes. Um, because you've just got that level of experience. So it's it's not too uncommon in London that you have an opposition or, or even players in your own team that you're having to teach someone how to play the ball before the game. And it's quite mm. um it's quite it's nice and it's a challenge to play against a set of players that really know what they're doing and really able to throw some shape at you. Um and again that challenge brings back on you and then you can take that into your own game and, and reflect on that and and improve as a club. Yeah. Who would you then Dan say the best player is that you've ever played with? Sorry? Who would you say the, the best player was that you'd ever played with? Is there any that sort of gone on to, you know, represent the Broncos or the Scholars or anyone in the uh, in the semi-pro or pro game? Uh, oof, that's a tough question. Uh, probably, probably one of the best players I've ever played with um, is a lad from university. He's, he's just been signed to London Broncos uh, as one of the, from the academy. Uh, there's a lad called Josh Hodson. Mm-hmm. Back row centre, mm. um, uh, unbelievable, unbelievable skills, unbelievably strong. Definitely one to watch out for. The the university game it does it produces a lot, a lot of players, and it's good to see now that some of these sides are going and not so much cherry picking them, but seeing the progression that they've made. I mean, we were unfortunate um, up here. We'd signed, like I say, Elliot Hall from the universities. Game he'd come through. I think did he play for the London Scholars at one point? I think he did. Yeah, yeah. Um, brilliant, brilliant player. Has a really good turn of speed on him, but obviously COVID stopped his his progression. I mean, he'd ended up with I think it was five tries in seven matches or something at the start of twenty twenty. So he's off to Batley now. Um, but no, the the university games, you know, they could really do with being more. What's the word? Shown off, mm. in my opinion. Yeah. The, so if you had to, if you had to get a little, a little one into rugby league, then in in London, Dan, what would your message be to them? Just be come along and try it out. I'm yet to, I'm yet to uh, meet someone that's come along and tried rugby league for the first time and not enjoyed it. So get get mm-hmm. them involved, whatever age, boy, girl. The, there's a place for everyone on the pitch. There you go. Anywhere from Hemel Hempstead down to Guildford, get yourselves in and have a crack. 
Yeah, what's so what's the um obviously when you are playing, um what's what's the attendance like down at down at the Bulls? Uh not it's not How anything get... like uh, the pro or semi pro game. It's it more ten more tends to be kind of friends and family, but I mm. don't know, probably on a good day you're looking at somewhere up to fifty perhaps. It's not it's not particularly impressive, but um but we've got we've got a few fans. Um shout out to them if they're listening. Uh, we can hear you on the pitch when you're there. So keep coming down. If it it's a good place to come out for a for an afternoon out and watch some rugby, so and it's free. <laughs> if it didn't cost me two hundred pounds on the train, I'd probably come and watch. <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah, yeah, obviously for people people new coming to London and to watch rugby down there. Obviously I went to uh, London Broncos, I think it was uh, not last year, year before. Um, but yeah, I, I, I've got to say it was one of my one of the best away days I've been to by a long way. I know London. We uh, would have... pinpointed as a bit of a good away day from uh, people travelling oh, from yeah. down from north. Whether that's Challenge Cup final, I know day for everyone, no matter whether your team's playing or not. But um, yeah, London Broncos is always. I know I've got a few mates up north, and they always pinpoint that one and come down for that. So. It must be good. <laughs> I know we were due. We were due to go to the uh, the scholars game this this season, but obviously, COVID destroyed that one. But no, it's um, the Challenge Cup final is always something good as well, isn't it? They do know how to put on a show in London. I'll give them the due. Yeah, the yeah. Challenge Cups. The Challenge Cups a big day for us actually because we've got the every year they host the Minis Festival in the morning. Um, mm. Held, it's uh, usually about. Couple of miles north in Bre- in uh, Barnet, um, and you've got mm-hmm. pubs over there from the whole of the south, whole of London, um, and then quite a few come down from up north as a bit of a tour. And they go there uh, in the morning, kind of play a bit of rugby, and then head off in the afternoon. And they do a lap of the pitch before the game, which is really nice. a lot of kids mm. they get get to go pitch side at Wembley, which is not something that uh, a lot of people get to do. So they love that, and we love doing that as a club. That's so that's really something that's well done by the RFL. Yeah, I'd have loved to have been there. Um, I'd have loved to have been at the Challenge Cup, obviously, as a, as a Leeds fan. Um, that would have been amazing, amazing to watch. <laughs> but obviously, no, no one can be there. But um, speaking about, obviously, the Challenge Cup and Wembley, have you been to or seen or heard of uh, the London Nines? I think the uh, Silverbacks of what well, somehow would have appeared this, uh, this year or last year. Yes, yeah, so the, uh, the London Nines, I think they started... I think it started, I say last year, but 2019, because I forget 2020 didn't happen. Um, uh, yeah. So, yeah, that was its first year. And we entered a, uh, we entered a side into there. It was a really good day out, actually. And there were loads of sides from, from across the world, to be honest. They had, um, they had a few, um, it was like the Latvian national team were there, something like that. Um, so, they were good. They had a really strong women's section there. I know Cass ladies were there, which was... Um, which was uh, really good for a lot of the teams to play against because they were obviously very good side, um, and it was it was a good day out as well. There was um, a lot of beer, a lot of barbecues, everything you'd want from a Nines festival. <laughs> yeah, it sounds good. I think um, I had somebody who emailed me not long ago, asked me to go. Obviously, this year, but obviously, it's, I don't. <laughs> it's very, it looks very unlikely that it's going it's going to go on at all. But um, yeah, it sounds like a very very good thing to go and watch. Obviously, teams from around the world. Um, <laughs> but yeah, Callum, do you have any other questions, Tom? Before 
I think that's us uh, just about sorted. Is it, have you got any questions for us, Dan? Is there anything you'd like to ask us? Uh, Bear in mind, we've got a Work It In Town fan on and a Leeds Rhinos fan. <laughs> um, oh, can't really think of anything, if I'm honest. Just maybe maybe one question. What's your, say, speak speak like as the North of England as a whole or as individuals or however you want to do it, but what's your kind of perception of Rugby League in the South and in London? Oh, <laughs> how to how to uh, knock off a couple of million people? <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, no, I I'll be quite honest. I, I do um, I, I do like the um, what the likes of yourselves and the scholars and the Broncos are doing. I, I do at times wonder if the clubs down there are fighting a losing battle. Perfect, perfectly honest with you. Um, but they do the comeback year on year and, and prove us all wrong. Um, so, you know, best of luck to them on that score. Uh, the, like, like you said um, at the start there, the biggest problem you've got is the likes of your football and your rugby union. It's huge in uh, in London. But then again, if West Wales and North Wales Crusaders can, can break through and, you know, the likes of Torfin Tigers can get teams going in Wales, which is rugby union only you know then there is scope and room for it so full credit to you for, for giving it the crack that you give it yeah as I said obviously I mentioned before it would it would, it would be it would be great for um, obviously the Emirates Stadium and the World Cup it would be great because I think you'd get a lot of uh, a lot of kids coming through coming down there even adults really and women coming down to uh, have a few games and Trying out, even coming to watch, really. <clears throat> but uh, most of all, um, which which team do you en- enjoy watching in the I don't know Super League, Championship League one? Then Dan, I, I'm, a- I'm actually a Rhinos fan. <laughs> yeah, I'm with. I'm with you there, Cam. But, uh, but I like watching London a lot. Obviously, live in London, so get down to a fair few Broncos games. It's always good when the rhinos are in town. So, yeah, it's brilliant. I went, to, yeah, I went to the, um, yeah, I went to the game away at London. Obviously, London gave London gave us a good game. Really, to say uh, there was more Leeds fans down there than there was uh, Broncos fans. But yeah, it's a very good out uh, day out. They had um, a few stalls down there, um, shirt stalls. They had obviously. Uh, Selling drinks, everything. Yeah, it was obviously good. A good day out. Um, but yeah, <laughs> definitely something to do. Um, Callum definitely needs to go turn away a day in London. Let let us know when you come down, and maybe we can uh, tie in a Brixton game too. No, yeah, oh yeah, definitely, definitely, yeah, something to be down there. Um, but yeah, uh, did you enjoy watching the uh, grand final, uh, Saint Helens and Wigan? It was a well. It was, it was a great game, wasn't it? The quality of that. Yeah. Was, I think actually, it's a credit to all the Super League sides this year. The, the quality of um, rugby that they managed to put on was incredible, given all the, given it, all the excuses that it, that it could have been awful. And then that grand final. I think some of the stats of that were ridiculous. Is it James Ben? I mean, like yeah, sixty or fifty odd tackles. It's Men- typical, uh, isn't it? The best two games of probably the modern era in the the Challenge Cup final and in the the. Super League Grand Final, nobody was able to actually be in the stadium and watch it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, you got, you got 
you got you had a few people saying that they should have postponed the the season itself, or some people saying that it should have gone ahead. Which, from my point of view, it should have. And we've see, we've possibly seen one of the best grand finals ever. And you never know. I open for uh, another one. Uh, another one. Uh, well. <laughs> Next year, the the problem that you've got with the postponement of any sort of season in rugby league, and it, it literally is the be all and end all, unfortunately, um, is guy sports. Yeah. You postpone the season, mm. they don't pay the super league clubs the forty million pound. You don't have super league. Exactly, that is the only problem with that. Unfortunately, you know, it's and it, and it, it runs right the way down the ladder. You know, there's no mm. super league. There's you know. The, you could go to a you could go to a London um, a London team or you know um, people from down south. Have you heard of Batley? Who you know? Have you heard of Saint Helens? Oh yeah, they play. Yeah, no. Have you heard of Featherstone? Who are they? Have you heard of Castleford? Oh yeah, Castleford. <laughs> you know. So it is. It's a big misconception. I mean, you probably haven't heard of the teams up here that we have, um, but it's it 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 just needs to me. It needs publicised more. It needs put on the map more. It's great going up to the likes yeah. of, you know, Toronto, Toulouse, Ottawa, wherever you want to go out to. But when you can't, when you when you have people in your own country that don't know that you've got teams in the likes of Newcastle, Whitehaven, you know, Featherston, Lenethley, it it needs to be more publicised in its own country. In my in my view, yeah, yeah, it needs to be be more publicised, obviously, down south, pretty much all over. Like, even Scotland, never mind having teams over in Canada, really. <laughs> well, the thing is, as well, it's a part-time... It, it's essentially... It is a part-time job, even at Super League level. I've always said it's still part-time. You you know, you you go to work, what, once a week in Super League level? You, pl- yeah. you know, you, you, you're actually physically playing a match once in a week, whereas... You know, you can, you can go to the gym whenever you feel like. Well, you can't at the minute, but <laughs> in, a, in a normal situation, you could go to the gym as many times as you wanted. You could run up and down a, a grass verge or a grass bank as many times as you wanted. If you've got siblings, you can, you know, smash them across the living room floor. Although we're not enticing violence, people. <laughs> you know, you could do that as many times as you wanted. The actual winning and losing of a match, you play once a week. Hmm. Yeah. So, we have got any of anything else to say? Any more questions? Or uh, <laughs> Callum? Have we got anything else before we um before we go? No, I think that's is Dan gone. He's... No, I'm still. I'm still. <laughs> yeah, I was wondering where for I was myself for a minute. I just, I, I got a black, uh, a black screen all of a sudden. So we're all, we, we are sorted. It would assume. Yeah, don't think there's anything more from me. Grand Dan, it's been a pleasure, mate. All the best down there. Keep it, keep the flag flying. Keep doing what you're doing. Yeah, thanks very much, guys. No bother. It's been a Thank enjoyable. You. Grand. Great. That was the Rugby League Dailies episode two of season two. Come back soon for episode three.